Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is the beef. This is the beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. That's why we're giving small business owners a platform to share their stories. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is the Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Beef Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. Follow me there to see all the crazy stuff we have going on behind the scenes. Today in the studio, we're doing it a little different. We've got a special episode here, so um, glad you're tuning in because we've got Andrew Brockenbush with Beefy Marketing. Andrew, welcome What's to up, man? your show, Behind yeah. the Scenes. <laughs> My show as the host, man. I'm happy to have you here and excited to have you here. I'm always here. Right? People just might not know it, right? I just, I'm one door down. That, but that's the way it's supposed to be, you know? You're, Absolutely, man. You're hiring in John the Marketer, and his job is to be out there and pitching this stuff. I am so glad for the opportunity to be on this show. It has been amazing. It's been fun. So we want to get to know you a little bit and your background and, you know, your company, and then maybe some other things that you have in the works. Maybe you'll find out a little bit about your host today. Yeah, yeah. But before we get into all that stuff, we always go through an icebreaker question. So my question for you is, would you rather have, and we can change this question up a little bit, invisibility or the ability to fly? But we can change it up and say, if one of those doesn't appeal to you, maybe what special ability would you like to have most? Like what superhero power, basically? Yeah, what superpower? Those are both great. And yeah. I, I'm going to go with one of those because I think they're both awesome. Which one is really hard because they both have so many pros and cons, right? I know. I'd say the one that offers the most, well, dang, I mean, I was going to say one offers more value than the other, which would be flying because it saves on commute and fuel and travel fees. You're only saying be, that because you live way out in Hempstead, like <laughs> Navasota area. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, that hour drive, you you live two minutes away. You have no problem. It's with long for me. I've got to wake up early. Yeah, so early. You just roll out of bed and you're here. Being here at nine, I need to be up at like 845 <laughs> every morning for sure. And I'm over there waking up at five. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that the the flying one would be really cool for that. But I was thinking, oh, that would save me so much money or could help me make so much more money. But invisibility provides the same value, right? Like you could totally rob a bank, <laughs> get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we, one. I would never rob a bank, okay? I'm an course. honest person with integrity. Right. But we're talking about this hypothetically. Invisibility, I, I don't know. I think in some ways invisibility would get you in a lot more trouble than flying would. Because I think that, I don't know, the worst part of you would get the best of you in the sense that like, you'd want to like eavesdrop on conversations and you'd want to be like a fly on the wall in some important meetings. And yeah. like I said, the bad side of you will start to kind of slip its way out. Whereas the flying, it's one of those, okay, I think when everybody talks about like dreams, everyone has like probably an experience where they say, you know, they had that free falling flight dream and it's such a cool, like you're like, oh, that was like the coolest thing. I love to fly. I too. do too, right? Like, so I think that there's something about that that would just be so 
liberating. I was going to say invisibility because I enjoy pranks, as you yeah, know, see, from I our know, childhood. That's why. And I would be that guy. Like my wife would probably divorce me immediately because yeah. she would never do anything in our house in peace again without me just popping up. See, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's it though. Like it's to some extent, whether it's in good fun or not, that's some of that malicious behavior. The greatest part out. about this in my head right now is my firefighter, Melanie, she can hear me walking down the hallway and then she can see me and then I can walk up to her and go, boo. And she will jump. So I'm like, the way I could level up station pranks, this would be great. But you kind of, you changed my answer to flight because I already agreed and was going to answer that obviously flying saves so much time. Yeah. And you know, you and I have zero time these days. It yeah, seems like we are so literally flying everywhere, we're not flying, literally, but flying figuratively <laughs> flying everywhere to do everything we need to do in a day. But... I was going to choose invisibility because, as you know, I like to have fun. I'm a fun type of person. If I'm not having fun, kicking back, relaxing, I really don't want to do it. But flying, I enjoy. Yeah. I same. enjoy. I'm afraid of heights, but I love being high. It's Are so really? weird. High in the literal sense of yes, high in the air. It. Yeah, I know. Uh, but there. it's so weird that I'm afraid of heights, but I think it's the thrill. Have because you always been afraid of heights? I think so. As far as back as I can remember, terrified of heights. But Depending on, like, I love roller coasters because I feel secure in that roller coaster. And then if I don't feel secure, the thrill gets me. So do you think me. it's a fear of heights or the fear of control? Probably both, honestly. A little bit of both. Yeah, I'll admit I'm a controlling person. Like, oh, I like to have yeah. control of things. And if I'm, if it, but I also find release in that. So I yeah, think that's like why both. I like it is yeah. because it's like, it is so scary and it takes the control out. And you're kind of forced. In, that's why roller coasters are so incredible. Right. It's like. You don't have control. I mean, you're protected to some extent, but you're not right. in control. Yeah, they start, well, they stop. And you're protected to some extent until you look at all these no, no, roller coaster don't, don't rides online. Yeah, you look like, at these bro. news stories and you're like, man, you know what? So scary. I really might die right now, but, but I, I, I still enjoy coasters. it. Yeah. So. What is the scariest roller coaster you've ever been on? <sighs> man, you know, I've, I've been on a lot. I think, honestly, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the scariest, scary, yeah. but the scaredest I've ever been. Okay. And it's not fair because I was a kid, okay. but Astro World, Houston, Texas, the Texas Cyclone. That's taking us back, bro. Wooden coaster. I know we're telling our age. Wooden roller coaster. And that was the first roller coaster I ever rode. My sister, Renee Klein, the family show, so I can't say what I call her for this, but because <laughs> she would torture me. <laughs> yeah. She didn't care. She thought it was funny. And she's like, nope, you're going to ride. You're going to ride. You're going to be brave. You're going to do it. And I'm so glad she did. And I say that jokingly. I'm glad she did because she put me on the front of that roller coaster and I was terrified. And then after that, I think that's where I probably got the bug was like, you know what? I'm scared of heights and I'm scared of these things that are terrifying to me, but that was fun. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. One of my favorite rides at the... uh Astro World. I don't even know if the, that the actual name. Maybe Accelerate. Yep. Accelerate. Right. Yeah. Accelerate. Yeah. That was my first like big boy roller coaster. <sighs> it was a fun ride. And they would do that thing that now that I've rolled a, a million roller coasters, I know that they do it. But then I didn't, and it was like that whole like five, four, yeah. boom, they drop you at three, and you're just like, yeah. You know? And that roller coaster was awesome. But same for me. Like I was always a big fan of the wooden roller coasters because they were the scariest to me. Like, yeah, it, it just felt like it was going to come crashing down for sure. It used to be called the Texas Rattler at the Six Flags Fiesta, Texas in San mm-hmm. Antonio. And now it's called the Iron Rattler. And they've it's still got wooden components, but it's got like a full steel 
frame, which is great. But that is my <laughs> that is my favorite roller coaster probably in Texas. I'd say this. Uh, I don't know if I would call it scariest, but like the most sickening roller coaster I've been on. And I don't remember what it was called, but it was at uh, Universal Studios in Orlando, and it was. I think at uh, one of the Harry Potter rides, but it had yes. the, um, I don't know if you call it augmented reality or like, it's like basically yeah. it was half three dimensional, half real. So you were on a coaster and in I a would coaster seat, yeah. but there's like a screen. Yep. That just kind of made me like nauseous. Really? Was it the broom one where you're on yes. the broomstick? And it was yeah. cool. Like it is very cool, like how it all works and stuff, but it just made me feel a little like queasy. See, I love, and that's what I was going to mention was my favorite type now, because I've been to Disney and I've been to Universal all recently in the past three or four years. And Universal Studios is one of my favorite places to go ever. I do like the Florida one better, but the one in California was a lot of fun as well. Yeah. But those augmented reality or virtual reality style rides, it's such a trip. Yeah. How real it feels. Yeah, that flying, I mean, the flying part, that's the closest I've ever felt to that. Yeah. But it. You, I mean, I don't know. You're not expecting like, there's like a little bit of, if you if you get motion sickness easy, I guess it's like a little weird. I like the roller coasters that are like experiential and in the, in the sense that there's like a lot of like thematic stuff going on. Oh, For yeah. example, like really the, well uh, themed the Jurassic. No, no, no. What was it? Um, uh, the Jurassic Park one was cool. I mean, there's like, you're in a, it's kind of like a water coaster and there's like flames everywhere. Yeah, it but was closed when I went. What was the one? I hope you wrote it. It's not Tomb Raider, but um, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Where the entire roof catches on fire. Was it Indiana Jones or the mummy? One it, of those two. Yeah. The whole roof. I, I mean, think it was Indiana Jones. You feel Jones. the heat of Dude. the roof catching on fire. Yes. That was the best ride I've ever been on from a total experience standpoint and they take a, a picture of you right as that happens and, and is, it's so cool because you're not expecting it your first time so you no. have that weird i know they can't see us right now but you have that weird look on your face <laughs> yeah, exactly we're just totally caught off guard because it is yeah. if you've never been on it you don't know what we're talking about when i say the roof catches on fire it's not like a few like little cannons go off i mean the entire ceiling of this in part of the coaster just fully engulfs in flames and it's hot and it is hot but it is incredible like yeah. just because it's requiring so much like sensory right like there's you know scenes and there's characters and yep. it's just like that part for me like i would go do universal studios in orlando a thousand times over agreed uh, and especially the harry potter world stuff i'm not even a harry potter fan yeah but like you said it i felt like i was in the book yeah or that. in the movie mm -hmm. and it was so cool to me even though i'm not a harry potter fan anymore i was when i was in school sure it's like, wow, this is, I feel like I'm there. Even the whole Harry Potter world. Like when we went, it was kind of weird weather. It wasn't hot, but it wasn't cold. But when you walk in there and the ceilings have like the clouds and all that, you feel like you just walked into kind of a, not winter wonderland, but this real like moody place. Yeah. And there's that dragon that breathes fire. And dude, that yep. whole experience is really cool. I'm glad you brought all this up because I know, I know. we went down a rabbit hole yeah, here. But. So we went on a complete tangent, but I told y'all this episode was going to be different. We will get the business stuff in a second. So I John, promise. no one, no one ever gets to ask you an icebreaker question. I had a feeling this was coming. And uh, since you're usually on that side of the board, and since this is the podcast that we do here at Beefy, I figured I get to ask you a question. All right, come on. Now with mine's it. a little more more, I guess, serious, yeah. or I think it could be a little bit more thought provoking, but uh, I wanted to ask it anyways, because I thought it was really interesting. Would you rather lose all of your old memories or never be able to make new ones? Oh, God, man, that's, that's tough. 
That's really tough because, I mean, so, I mean, let's get personal. The viewers don't know a whole lot about my personal life or viewers, let's say listeners Listeners, don't know a whole lot about my personal life. But like you, I've lost my dad. And uh, unlike you, thank God, because I love Mama Roberta. That's my, I call her Mama. (laughs) Yeah, you also love her. Yeah. But I've lost my real mother, you know. And um, so when you say lose all of those old memories, I can't make new memories with mom with dad, little grandma, Aunt Faye. I've lost a lot of people in my life, you yeah. know, best friend in high school. I had a lot of really good friends, you included, but yeah. best friend in high school, Caleb Markham, unfortunately, took his own life, you know, with his struggles. Like there's a lot of things that you lose there. But on the other side of that coin, I got three babies, you yeah. know, I got three kids at home and a wife. I would say that I would probably have to choose being able to make those new memories. So you would, you'd give up the old memories. I think I would have to, man, because here's the thing. First of all, both my parents would say, you better forget about me in a heartbeat. Yeah. You better move on and you better love those babies and make memories with those babies. So I gotta, I have to say, not that I want to, cause this is a hard choice. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I'm choked up a little bit. Yeah. This is a hard choice, but I've had years of time with them. Mm-hmm. That I got to have. And even though you lose that memory of it, you got to have it. And yeah. I think one day, I don't know, that, you know, we're going to go to a, a special place where we all, whether you believe in it or not, I think that we're going to have all those memories back, yeah. you know? So I'm just going to assume that I'm going to get them back. But for the rest of my life, I get to focus on my kids. And maybe, just maybe, that would cure every mental health problem we have if we could forget about those things yeah. and move forward and make good memories. It's so funny that you say that because that was the thing I was sitting here thinking as I when, I, when I first saw the question I wanted to ask you, I was like, damn, this is this is really tough. Yeah. Because it's, both of us had kind of a very interesting childhood. Yep. We know that. We've known each other forever. And there's a lot of memories that are hard to give up. But I do think that to some extent, it would unlock a different type of path moving forward. I feel like so many things in our past prevent us from moving forward in a way that's productive. I know siblings of mine, as well as just friends of mine that have lost loved ones or uh, had a traumatic experiences in life that can't get past that. Yep. And, and because of that, their life suffers now, which is so sad, not just because you don't want to see them struggle, but because they don't make the new memories they should be making because they're so caught up in the thing that happened 10 years ago. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, I mean, I think I have a pretty good life and I think I do pretty well mentally and physically, but there are things that, you know, we could talk about in private that I could tell you that I have struggled with and I directly tie back to some of the things I've gone through in my life. So I think it would be easier. It would be a difficult decision to make, but I think that it would be easier on me Mentally in the future, I would probably enjoy life a little bit more if I, I could forget about those things. I think it's only hard if you have to make the decision. Yeah. If you if you just lost the old memories. Bliss, probably. Because you don't know what yeah. you don't know. Well, and then there you go. Even if you have to make the decision, technically, you're going to forget that too, aren't That's you? That's right. Because it's a past it's decision. Gone. You're going to just be. So the pain is only in the decision. Yeah. So I'd say with that being said, I think my decision would kind of align with yours. I think I would only yeah. want to, I'd want to make new memories. For and sure. Isn't that what life's about? It is, you know, and that's the thing. And that's why I said it. Every tear that I have cried over my parents' death, I know that both of them would be pissed yeah. if they were here because yeah. they'd be like, dude, 
what are you crying for? Yeah. We had a great life together. Your we did fun things together. Yeah. Like <laughs> get over it and move on. You've got such a great life, but it's hard because you know, you value them oh, so yeah. much. hundred percent. So Sorry, it's a I difficult question. You, no. Hey, you know what? I like it. And I hope that, um, you know, we're not going to change the format of the show every single episode, but this is a special thing that we're going to do, you know, maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. I hope that we like this, uh, this format because this podcast is all about small business stories. Yeah. And in that 30 to 45 minutes we normally record, it's hard to get in, you know, deep into somebody's life. And even after this, however long this goes, 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, you're not going to scratch the surface of John Kelly or Andrew Brockenbush. Yeah, no way. <laughs> you're going to know such small things about us. Yeah. So um, hopefully the listeners kind of like this. But that's our icebreaker side. So, John, why don't you tell them about the people that let us do this thing every day? Amen. That's the thing. We always have to stop before we get into it. I know we're way far into it right now, but we always have to stop and talk about Community Bank of Texas. And uh, Community Bank of Texas, they're more than just a sponsor. They're more than just money that rolls in. They're more than just a name that we say on this show. They're a partner. They support us. And they know that especially now, the experience and availability of a banking partner is crucial. They're here to help your business. And they're here to help your business through it all, whatever it may be, those financial challenges, those new directions that you're going, the hurdles that you're facing, whatever it may be, their workers, their bankers are working to give clients the support that they need during these challenging economic times. And when you bank at Community Bank of Texas, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about the commitment of your banker. They're proudly committed to partnering with you and your business because when it comes to doing business, Community Bank of Texas delivers a better banking experience. Community Bank of Texas is a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas is business banking, better banking, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. John, I got to take a second to say something here because people would not normally get this part. The Chamber of Commerce in Tomball has been an extremely supportive role in our business as we decided to set our headquarters for beefy marketing here. And as a part of that, we were at a networking event one night. You were in the front of the class. I was in the back of the class. Yep. Because that's just how I roll. Yeah. And so when I was back there, I got a chance to meet a really awesome guy uh, named Ethan Worthy. He is a uh, banker there, an incredible dude, really hit it off, just started talking about kind of who Beefy was and what we were up to. And at the time we were doing this podcast or we, we had talked about doing this podcast regardless, you know, as we well were as I do, like six we were episodes already, in. Yeah, we were recording. Yeah. Beefy always wanted to do this. We always wanted to create a platform for small business owners to be able to share their stories. And so when I told that to Ethan, he got excited and I was like, okay, like this is cool. And he's like, dude, like we, like we care about businesses too. Like what you are talking about right now is like jiving. This is aligning with what our vision is for the community. And so like a week later, he emails me and says, Hey, can I come talk to you about your podcast that you told me about? And I was like, yeah, come on in. He comes into the office. We had already had the intro produced at the time. We played it for him. And he was like, dude, I've got the chills. Like I got, you know, hair raised up on my arms type of thing. He's like, this is awesome. Like what, what will it take for us to be able to help you guys, you know, ease the burden essentially of being able to put this out every single week. Like how can we reach as many small business owners as possible to give them a voice so that they can get more business so that they can grow. And after a few conversations, it didn't take long, probably less than a month, his bank 
Community Bank of Texas committed for a full year of supporting our show. And that has been incredible because now we've recorded over 15, 16, 17 episodes. This is our 19th episode that we're recording, we're recording now. right now. Now that could be like, this might not be the 19th episode we release. No, for sure. But it's the 19th we've recorded. Yeah. When it comes out, I, I can tell you when it comes out, it's probably going to be, I don't know, maybe top 10 maybe or so, yeah. but every episode, you never know when we're recording it. Yeah, it could just, have been yeah, a year ago, exactly. you know? So we're just recording so many. Yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to take a second because I really do want people to know, like there's a lot of podcasts out there that have ads and sponsorships and they're literally just there to pay the bills for mm-hmm. the podcast, which that is totally okay. It takes money to make content. Amen. But what the Community Bank of Texas team is doing for for the community, for Beefy, for the Beef Podcast, hands down, best thing ever. And the coolest part about it is when we say that they're a small business partner, we truly mean it because this isn't, and nothing against them like you said, but this isn't an ad agency that connected us with somebody and said, hey, they'll sponsor it. Here you go. This isn't just a randomly generated ad like those machines you see in stores and stuff where it just says, you know what, Coca-Cola is going to blast across all of these zip codes, ads to these random machines. This is Ethan was standing inside of a chamber event, That's a right. local event with us yep. and said, I want to be a part of that. And then it didn't it didn't even seem like it was a huge fight no, for man. him to get Community Bank of no. Texas. I mean, is it their marketing girl that's a vegan or vegetarian, yeah, one of the, the two? Yeah, I was like, I like the name. And she said, I like the name even though I yeah. don't eat beef. We you like, know? Yes. Yeah. Like it was it, it's such a no-brainer to support these small businesses. Yeah. And so, I'm so glad so to have them on. Seriously, if you're looking for a banker, if you're looking for a bank partner, if you need resources in your business, it's not just a shameless plug for the podcast. It really is. Like these guys give a care, you know, Absolutely. They, they, they care about your business. They care about you. You get to work with a local person that's going to, that's going to kind of just create relational business. And that is something you can't find at many places. So for the team over at the bank, thank you guys for everything you do for our show. I wanted to send a little big shout out to you guys and, and again, to the listeners, Hey, go support them if you can. Yeah. Can't say it enough. But we're here for Beefy Marketing, and then uh, we're going to talk about another company at some point as yeah, well. We'll probably but, talk about 10 more. We'll probably come up right? with five more while we're here. No lie. But we're here to learn about Andrew Brockenbush, Beefy Marketing. Of course, Beefy Marketing brings you podcasts like Business Growth Hacks, like the Beef Podcast. And then there's several other great podcasts that you produce. Yep. So tell us all about Beefy Marketing. And uh, you know what? Take it back. Take it back. Take Let's it start back. with Andrew Brockenbush. Who are you? Where'd you come from? And how'd you get into entrepreneurship? Yeah. So I think in order to set the stage for where I'm at now, I should probably talk about how we know each other. Um, and we can kind of go down that rabbit hole too. But let's start with just kind of how we know each other. And I'll tell you kind of a little bit about Beefy and how I've gotten where I'm at. Obviously, name is Andrew Brockenbush. I grew up in Waller, Texas, the small town of Waller, Texas. I know where that is. I've got a great education. John Kelly and me were classmates by a couple years apart, but, you know, kind of ran in similar circles. We worked together for the city of Waller. So you can see we've always been community people. We were volunteer firefighters for the Waller Fire Department. We worked for the city. We raised a little, you know, hell. We were young. Okay. We're allowed. A lot of hell. Yeah. Um, and that's how we got to know each other. After high school, we both kind of went our own, our own ways as people do. 
you pursued kind of the life of the the first responder world in different ways as a paramedic and as a firefighter. And you kept that way. I volunteered probably for another six or seven years after that, but just got so busy with other areas of life that I just didn't keep down that way. But uh, about, I don't know, 2008, 2009, I moved to Tomball and opened my first ever business. Actually, to take, to just like to tell on myself a little bit, because I told somebody else this the other night, and they were like, what? They were like, you look familiar. And I was like, well, I used to be the Chick-fil-A cow over at Chick-fil-A Tomball. Yep. So no joke, 2009, Chick-fil-A cow of the year. That's not true. I'm just making that part up. <laughs> but I did ride, I, I did ride a mechanical bull in a Chick-fil-A cow suit. And I think that that is very impressive. It should have won that award if I it exists. should have got a Chick-fil-A cow of the year award. Yeah. Okay. I was a, a manager there. I did grand opening trainings had a lot of fun. I feel like that's kind of like the, where I learned like my first little bit of leadership skills, like Chick-fil-A is like a, you know, world renowned company and like a beloved brand. And so I learned a lot about leadership there. I opened my first ever business in Tomball on main street. For those of you that know the area called faith recording studios. And whenever I was growing up, I was a guitar player. I was a worship leader for a local church. And I really cared a lot about audio. It was a lot of fun. I actually went to college and got a bachelor's degree in music production, which I don't really use now. Whatever. You know, it is what it is. Opened a recording studio. And a couple of years later, my dad passed away. And that kind of just kind of halted everything I was doing, right? I lost a little bit of passion. I lost vision. I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. And so I went and actually applied as a part-time salesperson for the Apple store. And I got a position and that part-time job quickly turned into a full-time job. Uh, ended up being a corporate trainer, did, you know, grand opening events, you know, very similar role I had at Chick-fil-A. And that really was the true moment of like where I learned business acumen, you know, like just what it takes to run a, a, a business and what it means to be a leader versus a manager and a lot of those things. A couple years into that, I got a phone call from a good friend of mine, the wife of Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell. And Marcus's wife called me and I had gone to church with her when I was a kid and I knew her very well. And she said, hey, uh, I married this Navy SEAL. We want to create a, a clothing line, a lifestyle brand to represent kind of everything he stands for. And they called it Team Never Quit. And they said, hey, like, what do you think about coming in, like kind of helping us do this full time, doing marketing for us? And being kind of somebody who like naturally had this like entrepreneur bug, I was like, well, I've already owned a business once, like I can do it again. And I was like, you know, like that sounds awesome, but I, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it for myself and we can do this together. And so I went to my leadership team at Apple and said, hey, like there's this opportunity, like I want to do this, like what do you guys think? And they said, hey, do it. Like Apple will always be here. Like Apple's going nowhere, <laughs> you know, if it doesn't work out, come back. Like don't live a life of what ifs. And so I kind of took a pretty big risk and left Apple, which is like a pretty risky move. It's like the most, you know, I think that's the most profitable company in the world or something like that. Like they have the most cash of any business. It's like, you're kind of an idiot. You're leaving like a very stable job yeah. to open a marketing company, a graphic design company. So when I got started, it was pretty much that, right? I was, I could dabble in Photoshop. I could dabble in Adobe Illustrator kind of self-taught. Again, I had a degree in music production, did not have a degree yeah. in marketing or graphic design. Designed some t-shirts for Marcus and his team. And that kind of just like snowballed, right? Like more opportunities came up with his team needing me to do stuff like uh, their big event that they used to do called Patriot Tour, which is this national speaking tour. And I started taking on more, more roles. So photo shoots, videos, marketing for the entire tour, you know, it was, it was like all these things. And so 
what used to be just like graphic design quickly just became like this bigger thing, which was like marketing as a whole. And so that's kind of the start, I guess, of what Beefy is now. And Beefy is way different, you know, nearly 10 years now than it was 10 years ago. Now we're a podcast production facility. We do videos, uh, we do content marketing, we do sales strategies, we do websites, we do printing. We have an event company that we'll talk about here in, you know, more depth here in a minute. And that does a whole nother wing of services. And so it's like the idea though, from the start was I liked being on an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I liked small business. I wanted to support other small business owners. And so when I set this whole thing into motion, like I never wanted to be the most expensive. I certainly didn't want to be the cheapest, right? But I also wanted to make sure that I offered a product and service that small business owners could afford that more than anything helped them advance their business and advance their careers and what they were going to accomplish. And I think that that's kind of what we've done. I agree. I mean, especially with the free resources out there, the blogs, the videos on YouTube, the podcasts that you can listen to. There's such there's such a, a teaching mentality that comes out of Beefy of uh, being a consultant, you know, being a friend and ultimately at some point servicing you in some manner. Yeah. I've shared this story before, but when I was at Apple, one of our managers had come back and he was talking about a training he had taken with the Red Carlton's leadership team. Mm, yep. And I think you've heard me tell this before. Absolutely. But he asked them like, why do you give all your secrets away, you know, for free, basically? Or not, not for free, but like, why do you give all your, all your secrets away? And he's like, well, I've been giving away for years and no one takes our advice. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that like really stood out to me, like in the sense that I have no problem being a resource for free because the people that will listen are going to be wildly successful. The people that will listen but know that they can't do it all will come back and utilize me and our team for the services that we offer. And then the other people they may or may not survive because they're not willing to, to learn. Right. Yeah. And I like the fact that you kind of just hit on the fact that we do offer so much free resources. And that's yeah. like, I think that's solidified in the last six months. So I think we could talk about that for a second, kind of how you got started on the podcast, kind of how you came to be a part of the team of beefy. So middle of COVID <laughs> you and I were having some phone calls and uh, you, you were like, hey, I've got this thing where I want some like to do live streaming and video for this other company you had. Yeah, totally and different, totally unrelated. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, let's let's meet up and talk about this business deal. And then it's not that you didn't like the deal. You just didn't like everything about it. And I was you like, said, I well, know. I don't know. You own this company called JD's Mobile DJ Services and you've been DJing since you were... 13 years old. So yeah. What happened um, to that? I, I think I asked you like what? Yeah. You were like, what, what are you doing with that stuff? Yeah. And uh, the funny enough because of COVID and I mean, not funny, it's sad, sad, honestly, but yeah. ironically I had just sold two trailers, three sound systems and <laughs> uh, trussing lights. I got rid of it all because it was kind of just sitting there and, and I was very lucky. I wasn't one of these event companies that had, three solid years of booked events and just lost a whole year's worth of events right away. I was lucky enough that I was so busy with what was going on at my full-time job that I didn't have all those contracts signed because I had, you know, fallen off. We had done really good with revenue. I had a business partner at one point and uh, we were busy, you know, doing really good. And then it just kind of, he wanted out, it died off. Cool. 
So I just got rid of it all because I didn't have time for it. And then you were like, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so let's open up an <laughs> event company. Like, let's do it and let's do it right. Yeah. But that's what we do. We do wild and, you know, crazy enough to change the world. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's a neon sign that's hung in our beefy offices. It's here for a reason. And it's because we believe in what we're doing enough to know that we're going to do it right. And even in the middle of a pandemic, you can come out with a successful event company. Yeah. But after talking about opening up this event company and then coming up with something that was kind of relevant and would jive with people and make sense when it came to marketing, OMG Event Co. Yeah. You know, so we came up with that and we went through a marketing strategy and then it was kind of like, how can I get you to work for me more or to work for our company that we own together more? Yeah. And it always comes down to finances. Absolutely. And so that's when you were kind of like, hey, you know what? What if you came on part-time over at Beefy Marketing and started doing some website sales and uh, stuff like that. And so it just kind of started out as a sales gig. That's right. And then we came and toured an office space here in Tomball. <laughs> uh, so you obviously you tried to convince me. Well, you did obviously clearly it worked. You convinced me to set up our home base, our headquarters here in Tomball, which didn't take much convincing. Like right. I've lived in Tomball since 2000 like eight, whatever. So like, I already loved the community and what was going on and just the people. And like, that was a, an easy sell. You already had the idea. I just yeah. convinced you it was the right idea. The right idea. Yeah. You only convinced me to drive an hour both ways, <laughs> but uh, it's all good. So we actually toured several office spaces and we actually toured the space we're in now. And to be fully transparent, when we looked at it, we were like, this is exactly what we need, want, and would be a dream to have, but there's no way we could afford it. Yeah just it's not like it's not in the in the cards right and so i went home i obviously prayed about it talked to a lot of my friends talked to my you know business advisors looked at the bank accounts like it's like okay what do i need to do like what what can i do to make it work and it started to all kind of come together like for a lot of reasons uh, you know i attribute a big part of that to our landlord here mr gatewood who was willing to see just like everyone we work with yep he saw what we wanted to do in the community he believes in us. We put our kind of uh, money where our mouth was. We show what we are talking about is just not talk. It's we're actually doing that. And he was like, hey, like, let me help you out a little bit. And, he, and we created a great agreement and it worked out for both of us. We were able to take advantage of some of the economic development of Tomball's resources that help small businesses get started. We were able to deeply integrate in the chamber. And we've been here now for, I don't know, four or five months. I think it was like June... July so, when we okay, moved in yeah. somewhere around there. So when, when you came on, obviously I needed you to be selling, but you weren't because we had way too much furniture to build. <laughs> we are a small team, uh, which means that it's not like we could afford thousands and thousands of dollars to have some company come in and just build us chairs and desks and conference tables and hang acoustic panels and TVs and everything that goes into making an office space look professional and nice. And put up full video studio, full podcast video, studio, audio studio, multi-purpose yeah. studio. But like it's a, it was a lot of work. And a lot of moving parts. And so for the first couple months, I mean, we did nothing but I feel like build, like build furniture and just decorate and make the place look nice. And spend money. And spend, we spent way more money than we intended to, which was scary. Oh, yeah. Because you were newly being paid. Yep. It was a new expense. The rent was a new expense. And now we're also dropping massive cash on making the place look nice. I'd say like a week or two after that, when things kind of settled. You and I sat down and I said, hey, like, there's kind of two ways we can approach sales. We can approach it the real traditional way where you go out and you talk to businesses and you knock on doors and people will probably send you away mm -hmm. because no one wants to be sold to, especially when it's like a cold sale, if you will. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, I said, hey, there's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I was like, I want to create a podcast. I was like, I've had this idea for years, but it's been an issue of like either me not having enough time or us not having a facility to do it or whatever. So I have this idea where we feature local business owners, give them a platform to share their stories, which in turn drives business to them. Yep. And in exchange, we're able to just build rapport. We're able to create, again, that relational marketing, relational business. And you were like, I like that idea a lot better than going and knocking on doors. And I was like, okay, like, cause I've done it. Yeah. It's not, it's impersonal. Yeah. It sucks on both sides. Yeah. Right. Like, cause I hate being sold to, yeah. but I'll tell you, I'm a sucker for the salesman knocking on my door because it's out of pity. Yeah, exactly. Because you I've know been how there. Bad it is. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I know it's easy for us to be so mean to these people because it's annoying. You're trying to get dinner going and everything else. And they're knocking on your door and it, it sucks. Yeah, There's I mean, no, I told you just, just the other sucks. day, we had somebody come into the office who was selling like an office supplies membership and I, I can buy my office supplies online. I can buy my office supplies from a, you know, Sam's club, Costco. But I asked, I asked her how many, how many offices do you have to like see in a day? And I think she told me like 60 offices a day she had to see. And I was just like, that is crazy. Like that's an extreme. And I'm sure she's paid and rewarded based on how many of those convert. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy something from you. And I told you later, I was like, you know, to some extent I did do it out of, I just want to support her. Yeah. Because I know for her, it's just a hustle. It's a grind. She got to do what she's got to do. But you're right. It's impersonal. It's not. It's not how Beefy does business. It's not how we do business. And I've had so many businesses on this show. And that's what every single one of them tells me is we're, you know, the word that gets thrown around is like homeopathic right? Like, like we're going to, I guess not, I guess it's more holistic. Holistic. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Holistic. I don't even know what homeopathic means. I probably should know that. So don't judge me. By I think not it's something, did I make up a word no, just that's now? that's a real word. Yeah. Holistic though, I think is the word you're looking for. Homeopathic, kind of, I think is more home, right? Home based. It's probably medical based. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's see. Homeopathic <laughs> means. Take a break. We're going to break quick, here. We're getting, since John went way off. Yeah. It is alternative like a, medicine. Yeah. Alternative medicine. <laughs> I, I guess we could kind of, it's kind of a holistic, it's a holistic approach. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say homeopathic medicine is probably a part of holistic care. Yeah, probably. You know? So the whole point being <laughs> that when you go to someone who's doing alternative treatments like that and not saying it's a replacement for cancer treatment, for instance, but it's something to help a cancer patient feel better mentally because they do that holistic care or that homeopathic care of it's not just medicine being shoved down your throat, you know, whatever. It's the same thing here. It's holistic at Beefy Marketing, at Klein Integrated Wealth, at SOS, at all of these companies we've had on. They say it's all about a relationship. Yeah. And so you come in similar to that medicine story of I have a problem and here's my symptom. My symptom is my web guy sucks mm-hmm. or my symptom is I don't know what to do on TikTok or Instagram. Yeah. And we have that fix. We have that medicine. Yeah. We take a way more diagnostic approach. It's not just come in and take our social media medicine or our website medicine. It's let's look at your overall marketing strategy. Yeah. And let's figure out what works best for you. And, and we, sometimes we you may not, not need be the help. best fit. Yeah. That's right. You know, and so there's a big difference there. And so I feel like that's been massively successful for us. Not only have we built a name for ourselves, I'm using like, you know, finger quotes in the air here, but like a name for ourselves in the area and in the community. But like, I think that we've really done what we set out to do, which is 
to create that platform for these business owners. Like we've had multiple people send us messages and tag us on Instagram saying, I went and tried Brad's Coastal Kitchen because you guys had him on the podcast. Yeah. And hey, I, just today we had someone say, hey, I didn't even know my podcast episode was released yet, but someone at a chamber event mentioned that it was. Yeah. Like people are listening to this show, which is doing exactly what we wanted it to do, which is it's giving all of these businesses new exposure. Mm -hmm. It's expanding their circle of influence. And for us, selfishly, to some extent, like, yeah, we would love to build a website for a small business and we would love to manage someone's social media because we're in business to make money as well. Right. But that's not what this podcast is for. The podcast for is just to create that relationship to let them know that we are a resource in the community and we offer a ton more beyond this podcast right? Even with our business growth hacks podcast, I think that's a great example. Like the beef podcast, we tell people when people say, oh, what's the difference between the beef podcast and business growth hacks? The beef podcast is where we want businesses to be, to be discovered by people in the community. Business growth hacks podcast is a podcast for business owners to listen to, to get free marketing tricks, mm -hmm. to get business growth hacks, to be able to expand their businesses. And so there's so many things like that, that we're working on. So I don't know. I think that what we have going on is really special. It was an easy, I think it was easy for me to put you in charge of this because it felt like way more authentic than like the traditional sales. It allowed you to create so many relationships with business mm -hmm. owners. Uh, we've, I mean, we know so many people in the area now. Yeah. Because of the fact that we just bring them in. I can't go out in public and it's not like I'm a celebrity or anything. It's just yeah. that I know so many people. That I can't go out in public and not run into somebody that I don't know. Like we we work out here in Tomball at a few of the different gyms. I won't say anybody's name because we have a lot of gym and they'll get, they'll, well, you don't want to get in trouble. We'll get in trouble by That's one what of it them. Is. Okay. There's yeah. one of our shows that will yell at me, but we will walk in with our, you know, our shirts on that, you know, that ask me about my podcast or the beef podcast shirt. And people are like, what, like either what is that? Or like, oh, like that's that podcast. And like, you know, yeah. it's, that's just a cool feeling, you know, and the fact that like we get to do that, like, like, yes, by all means, if you know someone out there that needs help with their marketing or you're a business that needs help with marketing or whatever, please send them our way. Like we got to pay the bills. Like not going to try to hide that. Right. Right. Like we're a business. But you can be on the show and never give us a dime. Never. Like this we is. We do this for you. Exactly. And it's because Bruce, and it's not because Bruce told me this, but Bruce Hilligeist told me something that just goes along with both of our philosophy and that is be a resource first and then the money will come. That's right. And it's clearly a hundred percent worked. People respond better when you're genuine. And that's why I hate that door to door sales because I'm just here to knock on your door and say, I want to sell you some marketing stuff. Can we do it? And then I just want you to say yes or no. Yeah. And unfortunately 90% of those are going to be no's. That's right. If I'm lucky. I would much rather people in the area know that they can count us to support them in some way, even if that's a freeway. Um, freeway. That's funny. <laughs> freeway. Uh, <free> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> even if it's a free resource, I'd rather be known as those guys than the guys that just like constantly bombard businesses with a sales pitch. Right. Like that's not who we are. It's just not, it's not in our DNA. So what do you do? I mean, obviously I do it a lot now, but what do you do when a client reaches out to you and wants to be a part of beefy marketing or, or so they think they want to see what you offer and uh, see if they need to be a part of beefy marketing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it all starts with the discovery process. Like I said, it's all diagnostic. Like I'm going to just spend a 30 minute to an hour with you just trying to figure out who you are. What are your goals? 
What are your pain points? What's going to happen if you don't reach the goals that you have set apart? Are you going to go under? Are you not going to be able to, you know, feed your family? Like, what is it that like drives you? It's what it's what we're getting to know about businesses, even on our podcast. Like, yep. why do you do what you do? Because if I can understand that, then I can tailor solutions, whether they be free or paid, they're going to help you reach the goals you want, right? Like success looks different for everyone. Wealth looks different for everyone. Some businesses want to have just time freedom. Some businesses want to hire 50 employees. Some businesses want to just get get by day to day. You know, we can kind of deliver in all of that. There, I can't tell you how many times somebody will come to me and say, hey, you know what? I don't think we're a good fit. Like, I think that you should listen to our podcast and everything you want is going to be in that podcast and you don't have to pay a penny for it. Right. And there's other times that a company comes to us and they need every single thing we offer. Yeah. Right. Because they've already reached that area of their business. They've already hit the revenue goals and they need that support. They need that extension to their business. And I always tell people that, like, think of beefy marketing as like an extension to your team. Instead of hiring four or five full time marketing employees that are going to cost you $60,000 or more a year, benefits, payroll taxes, bonuses, like everything that goes into having an employee. And you have to you have to manage five different types of experts when you're not even an expert in that area in, your fir- in the first place, right? Yeah. I always tell people, trust your experts. But our team has all these people. We have content writers. We have a video editor. We have a podcast editor. We have a content writer. We have a social media manager. We have a website developer, website designer, graphic designer. Like all these people that we employ, that we manage, we understand what your business needs. And we're able to provide that extension to your team for the cost of potentially what one employee would cost, if not yeah. less. I mean, I don't like want to deep dive into pricing, but like our services are as cheap as just a couple hundred dollars a month. You know? Yeah, we have clients that pay us a lot more than that for like our full suite of services, but small business owners can count on the fact that we have got services, solutions, and products that will meet them where they're at. I don't know. That, that's another thing for me that's awesome is that we we did a massive business business change, I guess, a few years back. We were one of those big agencies that would charge big flat rate fees. And I noticed that a lot of small businesses want to be able to compete on a big level or a national level, but they just can't afford to. And so I said, hey, what if we switched our business model from like this expensive flat rate fee to more of a small monthly retainer fee? That way they could afford to compete on a big level. That way they could manage their cash flow. And dude, like that's been game changer for us. Like, yes, Beefy takes a lot more risk on the front end because we're saying, hey, like, you know what? Instead of paying us 10 grand, we're only going to charge you $299 a month or $499 a month or whatever. And so we're taking some risks. We've got hard costs involved in that. But the business owners feel like I can manage that. Like I can do that. I can... If that's what it's going to take to grow my business, then like sign me up. I mean, as a business owner myself, it's so easy for me to explain and sell that because I don't have to come off of $10,000, $15,000 for a website. And I've been that guy. I've been that guy that has a company that wasn't working for Beefy, that was just friends with you. And it's like, bro, I can't afford to come in here and just give you, even if you said, I'll, I'll do you the deal of the century and give you a totally custom site for 2,500 bucks. You'd still be like, I don't have 2,500 bucks. I don't have 2,500 bucks to come off of right now. Up front. I'm a small business owner that has money tied up in sound equipment or trailers or whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's just an easy sale because at the end of the of this whole thing, you're really only paying 
you know, five to six thousand dollars, half basically half of what you're paying goes to maintenance and half goes to the website. And with the number of hours of work that you get and everything that goes into either one of those sides, you're paying a whole lot less at our full monthly charge for a custom website than you would if you just bought maintenance or you just bought a website. Like yeah. we're we're really cheaper. It's just some people don't look at it that way because, you know, some people like the contact we had a few weeks ago. They just, hey, I want to pay cash for a website. It's like, okay, cool. We can do that. Awesome. If you really want to do that, please cut the check, you know. But at the same time for that that small business owner, it's like, hey, we're still getting money in our pocket. We're saving you some money and you're still getting a heck of a product. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Quality website. So many times people came to me and obviously we're talking about websites right now because website design and, you know, kind of everything that's centered around that is like the core of what we do as a service. But a lot of clients were coming to me back in the day and saying, my web guy sucks. Like he doesn't respond. For example, like I had some churches that reached out to me with their previous company had like Viagra ads on the homepage. And it's like, that's a problem from a branding perspective. And really just from a, I mean, that's a big deal. Like you don't want to be a church and you have something right. like that it's on your so website. Wrong. It doesn't fit. It's not fit. And like that shouldn't have been there, but it was malware or spam or whatever. And we were having these people say, you know, my guy's never responsive. There's like this stigma around web developers that web developers are not necessarily the most social people, which I'd say to some extent is true, but you don't have to deal with those kind of people at Beefy. Like, yeah, we have a couple of employees that like to stay in their lane and focus on that. And we don't interface them with our customers. Yeah. You get to work with me or you get to work with, you know, you, John. Or John the marketer. John the marketer. You know, he's down for dinner, a drink and some exactly. music. Exactly. Like, let's party, baby. Come we on. Manage, we manage the other people, right? Yeah. And so that was the big thing for a lot of the people that started working with us was the fact that they just were like, I can count on you. Like, I can email you and know you're going to respond. And I know that you guys kind of are kind of a la carte in the sense that like, you, we can kind of grow with you. But then at the same time, like, we have that full approach, like whatever you need. Do you need a website? Got you. Need SEO? Got you. Need business cards? No problem. Need t-shirts or hats for a trade show? No problem. Custom tents for your event company? Everything. (laughs) Dude, seriously, like as it pertains to marketing, anything in that arena, we got you covered. And we're not a jack of all trades and master of none. Absolutely not. I mean, we only do what we know how to do. And and do well. I'll I'll be the first to say, like people come to us sometimes at the moment of this recording, you hearing me talk, if somebody came to me right now and said, hey, I need you to run my ads, my Google ads or Facebook ads, I'd say, hey, you know what? I've got a couple of companies that I'm partners with that I think do a great job. Let me introduce you. Because right now, we don't have an employee that runs that. Right. So I'm not going to sell you something that I don't feel confident that I'm going to deliver results. SEO, on the other hand, got you covered. The most badass t-shirts on the planet, hats, whatever, we're going to take care of that. That is stuff that I know very well. I mean, again, like, to, you know, kind of going backwards in my story, but like, that's how I got started. It was just graphic design and t-shirts. That's exactly what I was going to say was, I think it just goes to the type of people that you and I both are. We've done so much in so little time. Yeah. I, I can't tell you. <laughs> it's like, really weird. Firefighter. Yeah. Uh, worship leader. Apple salesperson. Trainer. Marketing company owner. Event company owner. DJ. Like we've worn a lot of hats. Yeah. We've done so much in so little time. And uh, I think honestly what it was, was just kind of carving out who I need to be and who I want to be, That's right. you know, where I want to be. And now I think I found that, you know, some would say calling. I never envisioned, I never thought when I was a kid, if you asked me when I was a kid, what I was going to be when I grew up, it would have probably been an actor. Mm. 
And I, I did acting in high school. I was an honor thespian. I loved it. I'd be a famous actor right now if I could. I love it. It's fun. But I'm the next best thing. And that's a podcast host, a marketing advisor. And I, I never would have told you then, hey, I'm going to host a podcast one day. Yeah. And I'm going to have people every week that listen to it because they like to hear me talk. And I've got to give mad props to you, John, because when I shared this idea with you, it was an idea. Yes, I knew what it was. the intention was. I knew who it was for. I knew how what it was going to take to get there. So really quickly, I produce Marcus Luttrell's podcast called right. Team Never Quit. So I'm... That's why this right now for me is easy. I am yep. podcasting every single week, whether it's for Team Never Quit or whether it's on the podcast that I run, Business Growth X. I have no problem in this environment. But when I asked you to do it, you were like, that sounds really exciting. But like, what what do I do? I had no clue. And I was like, here's the microphones. Here's the little sound guy. Like at the time, we didn't even have you set up with the console that you have now. We had you on like the real simple setup. And uh, I was like, hey, dude, like you're going to do a great job. Here's some pointers. Here's some tips. And you you ran with it, you know, and obviously for the first few episodes, like afterwards, you and I would talk and we'd be like, <laughs> okay, bro, let's redo this. Let's rethink about that. And I'd say probably four to five episodes in, like you really got into a rhythm. And honestly, most people listening to the podcast probably would not even know any different because you you handled it with such grace and confidence. But I mean, seriously, the episodes that are coming out probably late December, January, February, those episodes, they're probably going to be seriously a lot different because you just got into that rhythm and you absolutely you're, you're way more comfortable now. And probably more than anything, like you see what we're doing, right? Like at the time, I just shared this idea with you and you're like, yeah, it's cool. I love that. Sounds like a good idea. And now that you've been doing it and you see what businesses are experiencing, like we've probably not released the HTO episode yet at, at the time of this recording, but no. I don't know. I don't know. If you have, cool. If not, I remember when they came in specifically, they seemed a little intimidated. They seemed a little uncomfortable. But by the time they left, it was like high fives all the way around. We probably spent another hour together after that episode. Yep. And that's what it's like. Like, it is truly relational. People are so excited. By, and it's obviously, we've made our office look really cool. And oh, so when people, when people come in and see the neon and they see the, the podcast studio and the video studio and all the lights and stuff, it's like, ooh, this is really cool. Everybody likes a little tech, a little gear. And I don't know. I'm proud of you, like what you've done uh, for Beefy and like what you're doing with the Beef podcast. And I'm glad that I'm able to support this and we're able to do it for the community. It's freaking yeah. awesome. And, and I mean, I appreciate it because it it put me out of my comfort zone and I fell in love with it. Like I could... Now I you're like, host. I want to do more podcasts. Yeah, I, I, we talked about it yeah, again at the time of recording. We have talked about how we've both been on a weight loss journey, and we're like, we need to open up a podcast about weight loss. So if you follow us personally, or we might post it on our business pages too, but uh, John the Marketer on Instagram and Andrew Brockenbush on Instagram. Good luck spelling that last name. <laughs> common um, spelling. Yeah, just common. We might possibly do a podcast about that. I lost my voice just now. Yeah, it's so much fun. Oh yeah. And you know, when you, when you do a podcast that does enough that others believe in you and they're willing to sponsor it, then it, it's not only fun, but it pays the bills. Yeah. We've <laughs> long time ago, probably four or five years ago, I told my, um, some of my employees at the time, I was like, what if instead of being a marketing company, we transformed ourselves into a content marketing company? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, like, you know, there's like companies like, um, Vice or BuzzFeed or um, there's like some of the cooking ones where all they do is produce content that gets put out there. 
And I was like, what, wouldn't it be cool if like, that's all we did? And they're like, well, how would like, how does that pay the bills? You know, like that's like confusing. And, and in my head, it was like, in my heart, it was like, that's possible. Like that's, that's gotta be realistic. Like I would love to get to the point where one day all we do is produce content and it could be some that we produce ourselves. That's our content. And it's people like our clients, uh, according to the castles or awaken wealth partners who they come in and they have great stories to share. And they, yep. they are great podcast hosts. And all we do is sit back and produce their shows. You know, we host it, we distribute it, we edit it, we do all that part, but it still feels like it's coming out of our kind of like out of our operation on Apple Podcasts, we actually have the beefy marketing like channel. And under that channel lives all the podcasts we produce. And uh, that's super cool that we get to be a part of telling not only the stories that we're sharing on this podcast, but also a part of all these other people sharing their podcasts, their guests, their stories. So yeah, dude, I hope that I, I genuinely think that there's a couple other podcasts we've talked about. Like we've talked about the fitness podcast today and that's sounds like awesome. We've talked about doing like more of a, um, kind of a faith and spirituality podcast, you know, we, we have, I mean, this place is flowing with ideas every day. That's the, I think the take home from this is that BP marketing is not a place you just go to get websites. If you want a bad ass website, <laughs> you can say you it. come to beefy marketing, but if you need to bounce ideas off of somebody who's not going to be an enemy and try to say, Oh, you know what? That's a terrible idea. And then grab it and run. Someone who can say, you know what, I don't know something about what you're talking about right now, but I do know a guy or a girl that does. So talk to this person. Yeah. Great. You know, beefy marketing is if you need merchant services, mm-hmm. we got a hookup for that. Yeah. Like we know so many people because of the nature of our business that we are where you need to come as a small business and we'll put meet you, up with this group. We'll tell you where to go next. Because yeah, we've got ideas. And some of them we're going to capitalize on. And some of them we're going to say, you know what? We can't do it, but we would love to see somebody do it. And we'll support them any way we can. Do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, yeah, no, I always joke that like, I wish I was rich as, uh, uh, his name is Marcus Lemonis. There's a show called The Prophet. And he goes in and like buys, he go, he buys businesses, but he only buys like shares of that company, right? Like I want 20% ownership of this company for X dollars. And I always joke that like, I wish I could do that. Because I love supporting small businesses. I mean, I think this is kind of a good like full circle. 2008, 2009 was when you first opened up your DJ business. Yeah. And you asked me, hey, like I need to buy this equipment, some speakers. And this was like JD's mobile DJ services like 1.0 before you had business partners and trailers and all this gear. Yeah. And you were like, hey, I just like I need this equipment to do this thing I'm passionate about. And I was like, yeah, like let me support you. And I, I, helped you buy the gear. You paid me back with a little interest. And then that was it. Like I didn't ask you for anything ever again. And you did your thing. I did mine. And then it's so funny, you know, nearly 10, whatever. I don't even know what year it is, you know, 10, 12, 13 <laughs> years later, yeah, we open up a new DJ company together, like as a, as a partnership, OMG event co. And I don't know, that's just cool. It's cool that like our, you know, friendship has fully kind of just come back around. And now that we're doing this together, we can Oh, just I love I don't know. I just love it all. I love having ideas. It doesn't feel like work because we, we come in and it's like if I could if we could do that whole fantasy factory thing we've talked about of uh, having a huge warehouse and somebody it's nothing help us but out. fun, That's you know, that kind want. of thing. <laughs> like I would call it the idea factory. Yeah. Because it's just That's what it is. It's fun. We come in and it's like you never know if we're gonna be playing Super Smash on 
uh, a Nintendo. Nintendo, yeah. You never know if we're going to be just podcasting yelling at each other and going crazy exactly. or podcasting or Chowing beanbag toss or eating or <laughs> drinking or like you never know. You can come in here and get a margarita. Now, thanks to the chamber gift, we have a nice little bottle of Jameson. Like, yeah. you just never know what you're going to come in and find because we're just so spontaneous. Absolutely. But at the same time, smart enough that we get paid to do this. That's right. And we can help you execute the ideas you have. And yeah. again, like John said a minute ago, like if we don't have the answers, we can certainly help you find it. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things I learned at Apple was like, hey, I don't know. Let me let me ask. Let me find someone that does know. There's nothing wrong with saying I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot in this business that I'm learning, you know, there's, Every day. there's a lot of things that I do know and a lot of things that I'm really good at. I mean, I'm, I'm working on a business degree with, um, a, a whole concentration in marketing, you know, so I've got some really great ideas, but there's a lot to learn. This is a huge field with so many different avenues. And that's the great thing is we have such a diversity of experience here, you know, and when it comes to social media, I know enough to get myself in trouble. Yeah. I have to consult with Kara because she is a social media genius. And yeah. that's, it's so good that we have her here to bounce those ideas off. When it comes to audio and video, I know enough from the DJ perspective to capture some really great content. Sometimes I can edit some great content, but if I want it done right, I go to video, John. Yep. And I bounce it off of him. Even if it's just an idea, hey, bro, I'm thinking about doing this. Do you think it'll work? Yeah, we'll tweak this, do that, or I'll just come with you and knock it out cool. This all works. You know, we just, we have an expert for everything basically. Yeah. But yeah, coming full circle, man. I mean, I, I, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, cause I love the fire service and I love what I do for a living. You know, I, I had a family young. Yeah. I had a wife and I had a kid. We were young. I mean, she was, I think 18 when she actually gave birth and um, I'm two to three years older than her, just depending on where we land in the time of the year. And um, we knew we wanted to have a, a child young, but that brought in kind of more than just being scared to jump out and do my own thing. It brought in a, I have to provide. Mm -hmm. And fire and EMS has always been that safety blanket for me. I, I can easily go get a job on a fire truck or on an ambulance. They're everywhere. It's easy, but it's never, it's been a passion for me and it's something I love. Don't take me wrong, but it's not something that I truly It's just, not as fulfilling as this. Yeah. Like I, and I hate to even say it like that because I have a passion for fire and EMS. I don't ever want to let it go. Yeah. Ever. But I know that when I come here, what we're doing is so great that I can compare it to that. And there's some, some down times in that career field, mm -hmm. you know, where sometimes you work so hard, you don't get paid enough. Mm -hmm. And and don't get me wrong, sometimes I get paid plenty for what yeah. I do. But and then there's some times where you see some shit, man. It's just a hard job. And you're like, hey, you know what? I gotta live with that. Mm -hmm. Talk about getting Losing rid of old memories. It's like yeah, there's some things I have to always live with for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then it, it's stressful, you know? And then there's always that thought process. I mean God it's forbid. The, it's the reason I'm not still in that industry. Right? Yeah. Like I loved uh, the fire service, but it's a lot. It's a heavy job. It is, you know, and so I love my job. And I'm not saying that I never want to do it or that I want to get out of it. I'm just saying that I want to work for myself and I want to make, I want to make my own money and it's not about the money. That's why we do fire and EMS. But at the end of the day, I want to be rich enough that I can make my kids feel comfortable while they build their own wealth. And I don't have to worry about 
my child struggling like I had to do, you know, and, and nothing yeah. against my mom or dad, but. But we had a different kind of childhood. Yeah. I, like we that. grew up poor, man. We yeah. grew up yeah, working we from young ages. That, right. Like. Yeah, and we don't have to because I'm sure we've gone long. Oh, uh, we've but. gone way longer than we should. But I, I, I love this because you do find out so much when you get to just slow down for a minute. Yeah, and yeah. So we grew up poor, working from a young age. I mean, I got out of high school early to go to the city of Waller. Yep, and work. Same. And then I would DJ on the side with a buddy of mine that owned Cooking Cowboys Catering and Entertainment out of Hempstead at the time. And uh, that's where that entrepreneurial spirit came for me yeah. was that. Plus, my dad always owned a company. Uh, I say always, but he started young yeah. as an entrepreneur. And so that's what I've always had a passion to do is work for myself. Same, and so man. coming full circle, you and I kind of split paths after the city of Waller. And then all of a sudden we met back up at the city of Tomball. Yeah. And we said, hey, we're both similar minded. We probably should have worked together a long time ago, but I believe everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. And the timing was just perfect that it's like I can be a part of Beefy and we can own OMG Eventco. So I think just a, a quick pitch for OMG as we kind of wrap it up, you know, the story of our life here. And if you want to know more, just come drink a glass of whiskey with us. Yeah. Like, we have no problem have with that. Margarita or water, whatever you like. Margarita, water. Yeah. We can drink uh, Kool-Aid together. I don't care. I like, I like, I it, like all. it all. Yeah. <laughs> but OMG Eventco, you know, we wanted to create something that would work in the middle of a pandemic and still allow people to have fun. And it totally did. So we went with live <laughs> streaming. Yep. We've got some of the best equipment that's made. We can live stream any event, whether it's corporate, wedding, Birthday party, doesn't matter. If you want that stuff on a giant video wall screen in the middle of the party uh, to where everybody can see what's going on, we can do that too. Staging, you know? lights, the yeah. whole. If there's something you need for an event, you got you covered. Our photo booth has been wildly successful. And yeah, and there's a virtual option for the photo booth. You know, right. The Everything. photo booth can be COVID friendly. The photo booth can just have a virtual option. My brother just, <laughs> man, I got stories for days I could tell you I about know. my crazy life. Yeah, My brother that I met a couple of years ago, you know, grown, <laughs> grown people, me, my sister, I have two half sisters. And then I found out that I had a brother. We always had a suspicion, but we found each other through ancestry DNA. That's cool. And, uh, he got to be, I've only met him once in real life. You know, he's only come here and seen my family once because he lives in Kentucky and I live here. And uh, he got to be a part of my kid's birthday party a couple of years ago. Well, not even a couple of years ago. Last like, year. Yeah, last year sometime, yeah. When we started OMG Eventco because we have a virtual photo, photo booth. booth. Yeah. You can take part in that photo booth while you're not even here. Yeah. And it's it's so cool because it connects families together. And we wanted Which goes like back everything to, we do. Just like everything. Yeah, yeah. We want to do more than just, we're not just your DJ company. Yeah. Or the, the guys that come set up a photo booth or uh, throw up a couple of cameras or have some phones and, you know, live stream to Facebook. Or no, you, we put it together. come up with ideas. Yeah. I mean, I, if you're thinking about creating an event, you don't know where to start or you're looking for ideas about what to do and what will be fun and what will, what will make a unique experience. The cool thing about what we do is that we're not just an event company. We're a marketing company and an event company. So it's like, we know how to make the event successful. Yeah. And fun. And like we just did a freaking awesome 13 year old birthday party and uh which seems like your 13 year old birthday party was fun no you don't understand it was awesome <laughs> we we created a full vip experience that you know had a huge big jumbo led screen fog lighting red carpet the whole nine yards the photo it was just a blast so if there's anything we can do for you events 
marketing, something that we aren't even talking about today, we probably can help you at least push you in the right direction. Yeah, we've got it all. And we love to have fun. John, we're going to go for six hours. We're going to be a Joe Rogan podcast we do, over here. We are. You know, but you know what? That was my experience before this was Joe Rogan podcast. That's um, what you wanted. Of course, he never quit. You yeah. know, I listened to that too. Those were kind of my big influences on podcasting because that's really, and when I say I listened, I mean a few episodes here and there. Yeah. And then you just threw me to the wolves. <laughs> yeah, you said... <laughs> make it happen and here we are and we've got so many ideas that we've made happen yeah that's yeah. the exciting that's part. A cool thing so speaking of that as we kind of wrap this up we do have some big things coming up in the in the new year one of the big ones uh i'm making sure that i say it a lot and talk about it a lot because i want to make sure it happens it's easy to when you don't write your goals down yeah it's easy to kind of put them behind you or never accomplish it and one of the things we've been you know wildly successful here with is just that we come together as a team we talk about what we want to do and we execute upon it one of those is going to be visit tomball.com and that's going to be essentially like a local directory website where people who are traveling into Tomball can actually discover businesses. So it's again, it's creating another platform for business owners to expand their circle of influence. That's a big project that we're in the works. Another big thing we launched this year, actually, that we're hoping to grow upon is Small Business Nation. Yep. Small Business Nation. You can go to our main website, Beefy Marketing, and click on the Small Business Nation tab to learn more. But basically, it's an online community for small business owners to be able to network, to tell other businesses about ideas you have, look for a new employee, share challenges, share you know tricks and tips that you need to just be successful. There's so much happening in that community and I'm excited about that. We're kind of still young in the in the membership and it's free uh, as as of right now. I think it's going to be a great thing. It's going to be a great way for business owners to come together and support each other. And a small business is the largest group of business in the world. Yep. And there's clearly an opportunity for us to come together and support each other as the uh I, is it the intro of it's the intro of this podcast it says most small businesses are uh, fail in the first few years. That's this one. That's this one, right? It is. Okay, I should know. We this, just right? listened to I it. I know. I thought so. <laughs> this, I know. I'm, I'm doing too much, John. I'm doing I too hear much. You. There's a way around that. That is to surround yourself with people that want to see you be successful. Small business nation is that. We have a lot more planned for next year, and I can't wait to kind of get into that. We've got a lot, a lot going on. We're located here in Tomball. If you don't live in Tomball and you're listening from another country or another state, you can come on down to Tomball, Texas. Hey, you don't even have to come down to Tomball, Texas. <laughs> you can, you can call me, Sweet email me, right? Zoom. I mean, obviously, we love Tomball and we love Texas. So yeah. we want to do this thing statewide, but, but we nationwide. We have clients nationwide. Yeah, nationwide. I want to push companies out there. And that's, you know, as we wrap up, I know we said that about come 10 on, times. John, wrap that's it how up. we talk here. But <laughs> as we wrap it up right now, if I can leave you with one golden nugget. Ooh. That's the big thing that I push the most in my personal opinion is that if your friend owns a business, you need to do business with them. And I get it. Not every friend is a business that you need at that moment. Yeah. Not every friend is a business that you can afford at that moment. Even sharing a post on Facebook costs you $0 and 0 cents and you support them as much, if not more than going in there and spending money because that publicity is huge. I you mean, don't, we you get don't paid understand how to do that impactful that is. Yeah. As a small business owner, like we employ six, something around six employees. And, um, as a business owner, like sitting in that hot seat, it can be super overwhelming when, when things are slow and you're like, well, how am I going to provide for these people that also have families to provide for? And I'm not the only one that feels that way. You can, any of your friends out there that are business owners, they have felt that way before. Yep. 
And the, and the way that they can survive that, the way they can thrive, the way they can be successful is with your support. And again, it, like John said, it does not have to be a paid support. It can be sharing a post that they make. It can be just plugging them whenever you have a second. It can be telling a friend about them. It could be listening to the Beef Podcast. You know, all these things are great ways to support people. That's it. Just go out, be kind, do good things, share your friend's stuff, share your family stuff, support them. And, you know, the ask we have every single episode when we wrap it up is please make sure that you share our podcast with everybody you know. Get out there, subscribe to it, review it, keep tuning in every single week for a new small business so you can support them. Check out Beefy Marketing, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I mean, we've got so many social media channels all everywhere. Our website, beefymarketing.com. Again, there's so many resources there you can go to, so many page extensions you can go to that have just great great information. Follow John the Marketer on Instagram, John Kelly on Facebook, LinkedIn. Andrew Brockenbush everywhere. Andrew Brockenbush everywhere. I mean, if you haven't seen these pages yet, then you haven't been listening hard enough. But as (laughs) always, every single week, we appreciate you tuning in and taking your time and spending it with us to learn about another small business. Andrew, Beefy Marketing, thank you for being here. Thanks, bro. We appreciate it. It was so much fun. Y'all, I'm out. You've been listening to The Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef Podcast.